Well, g'day, my little Beat the Resetters. My name is Tim, and I am the guy in the hat, and welcome to my Beat the Reset podcast series. Today, I wanted to talk to you about money. What is money? But more importantly, what isn't money? If you talk to the average person in the street and ask them what money is, they will tell you it is the stuff in their bank accounts or the stuff in their purses or wallets or the stuff that they have in their piggy bank at home. But this is what you're taught to believe. This is what you're told is money. But is it actually money? Well, here is an interesting fact. Did you know that there are certain elements that define what money is, but more importantly, what money isn't? Some of those elements are things like, is it durable? Is it divisible? Is it homogenous? In other words, can it be separated up into different denominations? Is it instantly recognisable? And one of the big ones, is it rare? There's a question for you. Is the money that you have in your pocket rare? So let's just talk about this for a moment. So when you go to school, you were told that you should keep your head down, study really hard, and if you do that, you'll be smart. And if you're smart, you can get a job. And if you can get a job, you'll get some of this money. And if you can get some of this money, you'll attract the right sort of partner. And if you attract the right sort of partner, you can get married. And if you get married, you can have a house. And if you have a house, you have a mortgage. And if you have a mortgage, you can have a family. And then what will happen is when you retire with your superannuation that you've been putting away when you're 60 or 65 years of age, you will live happily ever after in a white picket fence on the house on the hill. Does that ever happen? Almost never. And yet that is the dream that we are led to believe is reality. And the reason that dream never happens is because it started with one tiny little lie. And that is that the stuff in your bank accounts is money. That is a lie. The stuff in your wallet is money. That too is a lie. The stuff in your piggy banks is money. That is the big lie. So if that isn't money, then what is it? And where does it come from? And the answer to that question is simple. It comes from your central bank. That's it. It doesn't take any effort to produce. It doesn't take any magic. They simply dial up a printing press. They put in the amount that they want to produce. They push print and bam, we have lots and lots of money. But as you recall earlier, when I said that there are certain elements that define money, well, clearly this doesn't match all the elements. The obvious one is it's, first of all, easy to produce. It can be produced by governments. But most importantly, it's not rare. It's everywhere. It's pieces of paper with ink on it. So the question is, if it's not money, then what is it? And the answer to that question is quite simple. It is called currency. It is issued by your government or your central bank. And it also has the word fiat, F-I-A-T, in front of it. And the reason it has the word fiat is because 
your government issues it by decree. In other words, because it has no value and it's not rare and it's not really a sought-after thing, they have to basically order you to use it by decree. And that is why the word fiat came into play. So fiat means, and so it shall be. In other words, and so you shall use it. This will be your medium of exchange. But it's not really money. It's currency. In fact, it's fiat currency produced by governments and central banks every day. They can magically produce it. So the central banks, together with the commercial banks, can produce something called a fractional system. In other words, for every dollar they print, legally, they can create nine new ones out of thin air. Isn't that marvellous? So it's not rare. It's easy to get. So the question is, if uh, that is not money, then what is money? And the answer to that question is simple. And that is anything that matches the elements that I mentioned previously. And here's an interesting fun fact. If you took the 118 elements on the periodic table, and I'm talking about all the gases, all the liquids, uh, all the different substances and metals and so on, when you boil it all down, out of the 118 elements, there is but two on that periodic table that really, really match the elements of money. And it had come as no surprise that those two elements have been our basic monetary system for the last four to 6,000 years. And those two elements are used in industry everywhere on the globe. They have the broadest base of utility and buyer of any element virtually on the periodic table. And they have been like that since the dawn of time. They have always been our monetary system. They will always be our monetary system and they continue to be to this day. And those two elements are gold and silver. And gold, of course, is held by our central banks. Isn't that interesting? The very central banks that print the fiat currency have gold in their vaults. I wonder why. The reason is, is because they know that the stuff they're printing is worthless and the real money is in gold. Central banks still, to this day, trade gold. They still buy gold. And they continue to do this to underpin some sort of value, some sort of intrinsic value within the central bank because without gold, there is no value. So what happened? Did the paper stuff ever really have any value ever? And the answer is yes, it did. At one period in our history, from 1944 to 1971, we were on something called the gold standard. For every gram of gold that they had in the vault, they could legally produce one United States dollar. And that meant that anybody that had a United States dollar could come into the bank and exchange it for a gram of gold. And that is what you call a gold-backed currency. And that was working fine for a while. But the problem is that gold is a very restrictive, finite resource, i.e. it is rare. And fiat currency isn't. So you can imagine the dilemma of governments and central banks. They thought to themselves, you know, this gold standard is very restrictive. If we have to have either, we're going to have to mine a lot more gold 
Or let's get rid of the gold standard and just print fiat currency. Because this gold standard is too restrictive and we want to print more. And that's exactly what they did. In 1971, President Nixon in the United States made the announcement that we are leaving the gold standard because it's too restrictive. The central banks want to print more of the paper stuff and they want to do it without the restriction of gold. So we left the gold standard in 1971 and ever since then we've been on something called the debt standard. And here we are in the year 2022 looking at a $300 trillion global debt. And do you think that debt is ever going to be paid? It can never be paid because most of the the cash that's in existence today, most of the currency that's in the system has been created magically. It's been invented, including the interest rates that go with it. This doesn't exist. There's no way it can ever be paid. So what happens from here? Well, let's have a look at what central banks are doing right now. All central banks all over the world are printing more and more cash. Using a program known as QE, quantitative easing, they're doing this to ease the burden, to ease the pressure. But the problem is the more cash you print, the more currency you print, the more it becomes devalued. So the dollar, the United States dollar, whilst comparatively you are told it is doing very well. In other words, compared to other currencies, it's doing well. But that's only because the other currencies it's being compared to are doing very poorly. Uh, But we're told that the US dollar is doing well. Well, is it? Well, let's have a look at that. Since it left the gold standard in 1971, the United States dollar has a total buying power of less than about three cents. Three cents in every dollar. Is this something you want to be holding? Is this something you have confidence in? I'm just going to hold that word confidence for a moment. Because fiat currencies, fiat, the word fiat, and so it shall be, fiat currencies can only be utilised if there's the confidence to use them because they're not backed by anything. They're simply a product of your government or your central bank. And you are just told to use them. But now we have a bigger problem. They the central banks, have printed so many of this, these dollars and so much of this currency, it is effectively worthless. We have more currency in the system chasing the same or fewer services, which means those services, those services and products will skyrocket. They go to the stars. You can have a look at the price of food, the cost of fuel, the cost of real estate. Real estate is so ridiculously overinflated. And this is because they have printed us into extinction. So the central banks have printed and printed and printed and printed. So there goes the argument for rarity. It clearly can't be money. And here's the fun fact. And what do they do to slow it all down? They To slow the economy, the central banks... Uh, basically together in unison, in lockstep, what they're going to do and what they are doing is raising their interest rates. And this is apparently in an attempt to stop inflation and hyperinflation. Do we really think that's going to work? And the answer is no. It mathematically cannot work. It will fail. And what will happen is it will result in the complete debasement of the world currencies, 
Uh, and uh, right now, the United States dollar is the world reserve currency, which means that all other currencies are measured against it. But will that stay the case, do you think? Is that the way this is going to be forever? And the answer is no. In fact, the United States is on the precipice of losing its status as the world reserve currency because this thing has been printed into extinction. It is effectively worthless. And who wants to compare their failing currencies to another worthless currency? And the question is, so what do we do about it? And there's a couple of answers to that. The first and obvious answer is we have to get back to hard physical assets, real money. And as I mentioned earlier, real money comes in the form of precious metals, gold and silver. And gold does well year in, year out. It is not a cryptocurrency. It is not a stock equity or share. It isn't a bull market, nor is it a bear market. Gold and silver are a hedge against a failing currency. They are your wealth insurance package. If you don't have them, you, that means that you are invested in the system. In other words, you are in a fiat-based system. And anything that is fiat-based, when the system goes to zero, everything you own and have will go to zero if you are not invested in assets outside the system. Well, gold and silver, together with cryptos, sit outside the system. And if you have them and you have uh, diversified, in other words, you have both gold and silver, you should do very, very well. It should store your wealth over time very, very well. How do I know this? And why would I tell you this? Well, it's fairly simple. There have been 4,800 fiat currency crashes throughout history. 4,800 fiat currency crashes. And in every single instance, the currency has gone to zero and precious metals have counted the currency and skyrocketed. They are your wealth preservation mechanism. And we are heading into a new world. We are heading into a digital world. And this digital world will be all controlled by a central bank through something called a central bank digital currency. And the central bank digital currency will no longer be cash in your hand. It will be digits on a screen. And I will save that for my next podcast. So I hope that you have enjoyed this today, what is money and what isn't money. And I look forward to seeing you next time.